0: So my name's Christian. I'm the lead pastor here at City Light. If, this is your, if you're new here today, we're so happy that you're here. Um, and this is kind of what we're about. I mean, you're getting to see it happening in front of your eyes. We, we really want to connect people with purpose and with faith and community. So our, our you know, tagline or our vision statement is to seek, love, and care for people like Jesus does. And, you know, this is just one example. We don't want faith to look like classes and sitting in chairs and listening to me. We want faith to look like living your life and making a difference, you know, even if it's moving to Uganda or some lesser form of that. But faith should look out, look like us living out the love of Jesus in our communities and families and workplaces. And so I'm so uh, excited to, to get to hear that story. And honestly, it was pretty cool to watch that video and see the shoes because I'm just personally believing that my genes were on that kid's feet. That it was, And I'm connected to him now forever. So, um, it, you know, sometimes you're in America and you feel like, can I really make a difference? And this is what we try to connect to. Yes, we can actually make a difference, not only in our communities, but across the world. And that's why we like to connect with nonprofits that are already on the ground, doing stuff, being effective, that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. So, we're talking about fear, and how to be brave, and how to overcome anxiety, um, and I just want to tell you, like, I was, I was sitting backstage kind of praying and thinking about, like, what, you know, what I'm going to talk about today, why do I care about it? Because if I don't know why I care about it, then why should you care about it, right? And we should just end early, and, uh, you know, get some extra food before the Eagles game. So, um, why I care about this is because... You know, part of Mandy and my story as a married couple is we have battled uh, fear and anxiety on and off through the years, and, and sometimes in some really devastating ways. And there were some seasons in our life where, um, where every day— was literally I mean you hear like you know one day at a time you hear sometimes addicts talk like that and that's an important part of recovery is facing one day at a time but I also believe it's just an important part of faith and so there there were seasons in our life where where every day was one day at a time where you wake up in the morning and you say god I'm just asking for grace to get through today to, I'm, not, I'm not thinking a whole lot about the future right now. I just need your grace because whatever, the anxiety uh, is so strong in my heart and my mind and the thoughts are so difficult to overcome that I just need your help for one day. And we have walked that out together and then we've had the opportunity to walk with that uh, that same journey with other people. And um, I just I know from personal experience how debilitating and devastating fear and anxiety and worry can be. And so that's why, you know, when we talk about, uh, when, we, when we talk about stuff here on Sunday morning, my goal is never to just like, let's educate people about what the Bible says. That's not my goal. I mean, I think that's a worthy goal and should happen somewhere. But here I want to talk about why the things that Jesus said and did matter for us today right now and how we can use that to make life better and be better at life. So that's what Jesus wants for us. Jesus isn't asking for us to suffer through life or to uh, you know, memorize a bunch of rules and to constantly feel like we're falling short. He's saying, I have the tools and the, the weapons to help us be better at life and have a better life. And so I'm passionate about that. And this is not in my notes, but I just wanted to tell you. Okay, um, the other thing I want to tell you is that I watched this video. Now, some of you might laugh at this video, and that's fine. I showed it to Mandy to make sure I wasn't totally like out of touch with reality, and she said I was, So, um, and I'm going to show it anyway. I watched this video with a um, a young group of people years ago, and I, I can't explain to you why, and it's, it's a cartoon. I'm just telling you. I, I think it might be claymation, but this very simple childlike video has stuck with me for years. And I am now going to infect your brains with this video as well. And you will never be able to forget this video. So I want to show this to kick off what I'm going to talk about. So it's very short. We're going to watch this little video here.
1: A little boy was playing outside his house in his sandbox. He was digging deep holes and making tall sandcastles and generally having a wonderful time. Suddenly, his shovel hit upon something hard, realizing it was a rock. And of course not wanting a rock in his sandbox The little boy began to dig it out He dug around the rock He pulled at the rock He pushed the rock But the rock simply wouldn't budge Above him at the window The boy's father was watching all his efforts As he watched The boy managed to lift one side of the rock And slip his fingers underneath The rock began to move But suddenly it fell back and squashed the boy's thumb The boy gave out a cry And his father came running The father held his son in his arms and then asked him, Son, I don't understand. Why didn't you use all your strength to lift the rock? The boy replied through his tears, But I did, I did. No, you didn't, said his father. You didn't ask me for my help. The little boy stopped crying, silently nodded, and said, Yes, Daddy. Will will you help me, please? The two of them bent down and lifted the rock together.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Now you know what moves me. That's it. Claymation. Uh, was that claymation? All right. Good. You can tell because they like move like that, right? Kind of jerky. Um, it's so simple. Here's the thing. Sometimes it's the simplest stuff that it makes the most impact in our life, and this is such a simple picture of what we do all the time. We are constantly carrying things on our own that we have no business carrying on our own. We're constantly going through life carrying things that, that we weren't built to carry on our own. And that's a, where a lot of anxiety and fear comes from, is when we are carrying things that we are supposed to be calling out to God to help us carry. So this is what I want to talk about today. I want to show you just a, a picture here. All right, here's... here's. My favorite player ever. Now, does anybody know what's wrong with this picture? That is the right answer. He's sitting on the bench. That is what's wrong with that picture. Um, I, if I, it would be hard to ever sit him if I were a coach, and you can tell he's, he wants to be in. I, I can just read that on his face. Here's the thing. This is what we do on a regular basis. We bench God in our lives. Amen. We set him aside for a number of reasons, but here's the thing. It's what I want to talk about today. Can we learn to not keep God on the sidelines of our life? We go through our life, and we we decide to put our heads down and just barrel through, and we either forget or neglect to ask God to join us, to ask God to help us. Now listen, I am not good at asking for help. I like to think that I can handle things on my own. In fact, when I was in school, I used to hate group projects. Does anybody else hate group projects? I could not stand it because no one else, and this is terrible and prideful, would work as hard as I would. And group projects normally meant I do my job plus I then do your jobs because you're content with a certain level of excellence that's not okay with me and you represent me, so now I have to do all your work. This even happened in college. It's actually worse. The, the one time I had to do it in college, it was, it was terrible. But I'm a loner. I like to do these things on my own. I often try to fix things that I have no business trying to fix and then get myself in trouble. We do this to God too, right? We do this to God. We say, you know, I've been through this trauma or or I'm feeling anxious about this thing coming up or I'm worried about my kids. But like we, we do everything else first. Me, like, like when I'm worried about something, I talk to Mandy about it, I text a friend about it, I think a lot about it, I think about possible scenarios, I write down some pros and cons, I worry about it, and then once in a while I pray about it. And it's the total backwards way. It's like keeping Michael Jordan on the bench, right? If we, what, what this is, the, a, a golden key has been given to us is to invite God into the most difficult places of our life, and yet we constantly not refuse to, but I think we sort of forget. I mean, sometimes I think it's pride, I can handle this on my own. Or, or maybe it's fear, like, God, I don't know if I trust you. And maybe it's forgetfulness. You know, our default setting of life is, you know, maybe you weren't raised praying a lot. You weren't raised thinking that, that God was, was someone who answered prayers. Or maybe prayer in your household was just reciting the same words before dinner every, every time that you ate dinner. Did you guys have that? We had a, a memorized prayer that we prayed before dinner every day. I can't actually remember it anymore. But, you know, it's just this rote prayer. and Right? And it's done. Prayer never meant I'm asking the God of the of all creation who loves me like a child to come into this situation. This is what I want to talk about today. And like I said, I'm passionate about it. So we're going to talk about one passage from the book of Philippians, which is written by Paul. So... You know, we believe about the Bible, and I'm trying not to bleed over into my class following this, but God inspired, spoke through people. And so, this is the the author, Paul, wrote this letter, but it's from God to us. And this is what he says to us He says, Do not be anxious about anything. And right at that outset, there's a bunch of you in here that I think might get tweaked by that. That might just hit you wrong. Like, what? How can I not be anxious about anything? That's unrealistic. This is one of those places in the Bible where it says things I don't agree with. How is that even possible? It's pie in the sky. What can he possibly be talking about? Do not be anxious about anything. Did he really mean that? So I want to just tell you a quick story. Um, years ago, when my kids were little, I was out at um, at uh, what's it called Fairhill Nature Center. I was out walking by the creek um, with the two boys, and they were young. They were like six and four, so they were pretty young. And we were having a great time and then this storm came. It was a huge thunderstorm, lightning and torrential rain and it kind of just like it was one of those that just like came instantly. You, know, you saw the clouds and then and then it was on us and we were quite a ways from our car. And so the boys their perspective of what was going on they were terrified. So they were screaming and yelling and crying you know like no we're going to die you know um, and and. I was not scared at all. And so three humans having the same exact uh, experience, but interpreting it completely different. I was not scared at all. And what did I say to them? I said, don't worry, you'll be fine. That's the parent's best line, that one, and we'll see. Those are my two favorite things. But don't worry, we'll be fine. I was 100% confident that we were going to be fine. Have you ever been out in the rain and been worried? Like, I mean, you know, I'm not talking about flash floods that we've had recently or anything like that, mudslides, but I'm just saying normal, a normal thunderstorm. As an adult, you're never like, oh man, I hope I make it through this, right? You know, you're gonna be okay. You're 100% at peace. This is what God is saying to us. God is caught on a totally different plane of the exact same experience that we're having in life that's causing us anxiety. And he's saying, guys, don't worry about it. That doesn't mean he's belittling, belittling the experience, right? I wasn't mean to my kids. I wasn't like, shut up, you know? Get over it, Pfft, you know? You want to be scared? Threw him in the creek. No. I was like, guys, don't worry. I got down on their level, right? This is like God. I got, I'm a lot like God. I hope you see this. So I got down their level. I was like, guys, listen, our car's over there. I'll carry you. I picked them up. <laughs> right? It's like, cover your ears. I got you. It's really going to be okay. Then we got back and I had a whole life lesson like, prepared in the car that we talked about. Now, if I wasn't with them, things could have been different. Right? Because a four-year-old and a six-year-old boy, they could have gotten lost out in the wilderness. They could have fallen into the creek and drowned. So the thing is, the difference is that I was with them. And this is what God says. He will never leave you. This is why God says to you. This is why Jesus says to you right now, in whatever situation that you're battling with anxiety and fear, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry. It's okay because I am with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That's the key to this verse that we're talking about. Could we start to see God as a God who cares about the details of our life Who has a perspective higher than ours and can say to us, don't worry. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in every situation, and this is something that I think, um, by the way, this is how I read the Bible sometimes, is one or two words at a time. Because sometimes you just have to really think about it, because if you just run through it, we miss it. Does he really mean in every situation? What if God actually cares about everything in your life? What if what matters to you matters to God? Sometimes I think we disqualify things from prayer because we're like, that's too small. God doesn't care about that. I don't want to bother God with that. What if, if it mattered to you, it mattered to God? What if you believed that and embraced it and said, listen, instead of being anxious in every situation, whether big or small, I'm going to cast all my anxiety on God because he does actually care for me. I'm worried. So I'll tell you, like, I'm, I'm, I've been a little worried about this Bible class. Just, you know, be totally honest with you. I've been a little anxious about this Bible class because I don't know if anybody's going to come. This is not a pitch to, like, manipulate you to come, by the way. But uh, I don't know if anybody's going to come. And if they do come, I don't, I don't know what they're hoping to get out of it. And I, I don't know if I'm going to have what they're hoping to get out of it. And so I've had some worry. I've had some anxiety surrounding that class. But God cares about that. God cares about the fact that I'm teaching a class that, like, like say three or four people come to it. That might seem small beings to God of the universe in in your perspective. But God somehow transcends all of that and is with us and cares about every situation. You're worried about your workplace. You're worried about, you know, getting older. You're worried about your kids. You're worried about college or you're worried about going to college or what you're going to do with your life. Or I don't know if I picked the right vocation. I don't know if I picked the right major. All of these things qualify for talking to God in all situations. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. How we take... So anxiety should be the door to prayer. Anxiety should lead you and me to prayer. It should take us to prayer. Prayer and petition. I don't have a lot of time to go deep into this, but these are three different ideas. So prayer is more of a relational focus. So in all things, whenever you're anxious, in any situation continue your ongoing conversation with your father in heaven who loves you and tell him what you need maybe you've been in churches before that have told you that's wrong that you can't you know don't tell god what you need don't ask god for stuff you know like seek his face and not his hand i was told that growing up okay like there's a point to be made there but at the same time i would never say that to my kids you know like, Dad, can you help me? The lawnmower's broken. Seek my face and not my hand, son. You know? I would rather you just tell me that you love me. Right? That's ridiculous. I want my kids to come to me and ask me for stuff. God is sitting on the sidelines of life waiting for you in some ways. Because he isn't someone who forces his way into your life. He's like a good, really, really good parent. Have you ever watched your kid trying to figure something out on their own and you know you should stand back? And let them work it out for a while, but you're there if they ask you to come in. I think that's, that's God's posture towards us a lot of times. He's not overbearing and forcing himself in, but he's ready when we ask for it. And what, what another verse in the Bible says is that we do not have because we do not ask. It's so simple. It's the little video. I'm telling you, I see that little guy with the rock in my head all the time when i'm praying and he's like trying to pick that rock up you know his head bobbled it did you know and and we do that all the time we're like i got it god i got it and god's just like you know you're not using everything that could be yours it's really bad to have all your relatives sit right in the front row okay um with thanksgiving This is such a powerful thing. Isn't this, parents, isn't this how you want your kids to, you want your kids to start with a relationship before they ask you for things and to be thankful of what they've already been given? Isn't that the perfect scenario? Let me give you an example. So I I was worried about Elliot going into this soccer season because he was injured last year. And it kind of feels like the last three years he's been battling injury. And I just really wanted a a breakout season for him. I wanted him, Elliot's my second oldest son, by the way. I wanted him to be able to just, he's so skilled, he's so good, to be able to like use the gift that God's given him. And so I I was talking to God about it on a regular basis because I have an ongoing conversation with God every day. And I said, God, I want, elliot to be healthy and i want him i pray that he would make varsity i mean i'm not saying like you know you could get you can get to where you pray about like i prayed the eagles would win i mean whatever like i don't know i just told you god cares about everything but just pretend i didn't say either of those things okay um but i know he cares about elliot i know he cares about my son and he cares about so god i pray he'll make varsity. pray that he could start I mean, God doesn't give us every single thing we ask for because remember I said he's like a good parent and what good parent would give his kid everything he asks for, right? That'd be terrible parenting. But he still wants us to ask and yet, God, thank you so much that my son is healthy. Thank you that he can play soccer. Thank you that he's not currently injured. If he doesn't make varsity, God, thank you that you know, he will learn and he will grow from that experience. It, this is just, I think, how we come to God when we're anxious. God, I'm, I'm worried about my son Lord, let's talk about this, and I, this is what I'm asking you to do, but I'm grateful no matter what. It puts your heart in a really good place. Now listen, we could stop here, and, and maybe, I, maybe I should, but I'm not going to. We could stop here. This is great advice, but what God does is he goes even further, and he attaches a promise to it. He says, listen, when you're anxious, in anything, nothing's too small or too big, come to me in prayer. Ask for what you need. It's okay to specifically ask God for what you need. And when you do this, the peace of God is what he's gonna give to you. I want you to think about what the peace of God would look at look like. And go back to the story of me in the storm with my kids. I had a peace that they didn't have because I had perspective, I had knowledge, I had power, I had ability that they didn't have. I wasn't worried at all. But I tried to give them my peace. Guys, you're with daddy. It's okay. It's just rain. Thunder can't hurt you. I'll carry you back to the car. We're just going to get wet. That's all. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Ready? Let's run as fast as we can. And I actually did. By the end, they weren't crying. They were laughing. We were having a great time. That's me giving them my peace. See, Jesus, before he died on the cross, rose from the dead and ascended back to heaven. He said this to us, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is what we're talking about. It's amazing how many verses in the Bible tell us not to be afraid. It's crazy because God knows that that's going to be something that holds us back from living the life that he's called us to live, from being good at life and living a good life. So the peace of God he's going to give to us. This is the peace of Jesus put into our hearts. So the peace of God that transcends or surpasses or goes beyond all understanding. So what does that mean? Think about this. Have you ever seen someone in a situation in life and you look at their circumstances and then you look at them and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. They're so at peace. If I was in that situation, I would be like, but they're so at peace. Have you ever seen someone like that? That's what this is talking about. In the moment of anxiety, when we go to prayer, God can give us peace that won't make sense to the situation we're in. That you can actually be in circumstances that should warrant you being anxious and freaked out, but God can give you peace that'll go beyond your circumstances. Let's have the band come on up. And this peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is a a military term to guard. It's like setting up a defense. Don't you sometimes feel like your mind is under attack when you're really dealing, like last week we talked about reeling in our thoughts and replacing them, right? Those times when you just feel like those anxious thoughts are just like beating at the door of my heart and my mind. Go to prayer. Oh, you guys just like all disappeared. Okay. I'm afraid. I'm anxious. You're gone. Dear God, thank you. They were here for part of it. All right. God can give you this peace that will Not even make, it doesn't make sense to your circumstances and it will protect you from the power of anxiety. Listen, this is one of my favorite kind of life verses. I encourage you. This is why God has given us the Bible. The Bible's not everything there is. Like Jesus is who we worship, not the Bible. But he's given us verses like this that can be a a, a bedrock of our faith. That when when life is doing this, is, is a storm in your life. You can remember this. In fact, I've memorized this because I need to to say it and I need to pray it. Okay, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make my request known to God. God, I'm going to live that verse and I pray that your peace, which passes understanding, would fill my heart and mind and guard my heart and mind. God, let your peace protect my mind. You, if you're in this room, this works for you. And I want to just tell you, listen, even if you are not a follower of Jesus right now, and you're checking us out, you're checking things out, you're like, I don't even know if the Bible, you know, is, is just some, it's just some ancient text, why should I believe that? I would say one of the best places to start if you're exploring faith is prayer. Just start talking to God and asking God and see what he does. And in those moments of anxiety, just reach out to him. It's okay, even if you don't even know if he's there. What's the the worst that could happen? Right? I mean, you already aren't sure if he's there. So if he's not there, like, that's the worst that could happen. But maybe you find that God reaches back to you. Don't keep God on the sidelines of your life. All right? Let's invite him in. We have the single most effective helper ever Waiting to step into your story, Jesus. Thank you for today. Thank you for Ian and Laura being here and sharing with us, God. We pray for them in Jesus' name. We pray for their mission in Uganda that you would continue to show favor upon their mission to um, to help these children, God. Just take what they're doing and let it continue to expand, God. And we pray, Jesus, that this week we could live this verse. That we would not keep you on the sidelines of our life. That we would welcome you in, invite you in through prayer and petition, bring you in to the hardest parts of our lives, God. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.